Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey guys, and good morning. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast with uh, www.p40ministriespodcast.com. And uh, I was actually listening to some of my old podcast episodes. Ugh. Oh my goodness, they're terrible. But <laughs> I actually never listened to my voice, as odd as that sounds, other than um, recording and editing the podcast episodes. I rarely go back and listen to them, mainly because I just, ugh. Ugh, you know how you have to like listen to yourself and you just can't handle the way you sound? That's how I feel with the podcast. But I wanted to go back and listen to some of my old podcast episodes um, because of what we're going to be talking about today in Exodus, because this one kind of ties back to um, one of the ones we were talking about way, way back in Genesis when God first makes that promise with Abraham. And so, uh, and I think it's when he changes um, Abram's name to Abraham as well. So I went back to go listen to that one and I was laughing because not only um, did I sound way different than I do now, (laughs) but I was also laughing at just, I don't know, just a bunch of different things. But anyway, but today we're going to be talking about Exodus chapter 12 verses 40 through 51. As I always do, I will be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible, but please feel free to read out of uh, your version of the Bible, whatever that might be, and uh, grab that cup of coffee. Let's go ahead and start reading. Now the time that the children of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years to the day, all of Yahweh's armies went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be much observed to Yahweh for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of Yahweh, to be much observed by all the children of Israel throughout their generations. Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat of it, but every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he shall eat of it. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat of it. It must be eaten in one house. You shall not carry any of the meat outside of the house. Do not break any of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. When a stranger lives as a foreigner with you and would like to keep the Passover to Yahweh, let all of his males be circumcised and then let him come near and keep it. He shall be as one who is born in the land, but no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. One law shall be to him who is born at home and to the stranger who lives as a foreigner among you. All the children of Israel did so, as Yahweh commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. That same day, Yahweh brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. So I want to go back and read uh, actually Genesis chapter um, 15 verses 12 through 16 real quick. And uh, this will be read out of the NIV version of the Bible. It says, as the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, know for certain that for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation that they served as slaves and afterward they will come out 
out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. So I wanted to mention those particular verses because it ties into what we're talking about today here in Exodus chapter 12. Basically, in verse 40 of Exodus 12, it says that uh, the sons of Jacob and their descendants had lived in Egypt for 430 years. And it was on the last day of the 430th year that all of Jehovah's people left the land. God had predicted to Abraham that the people were going to be slaves for 400 years. They're going to be uh, slaves for that um, time, that time period. And so now God is delivering them after 430 years. So it's possible that uh, the people truly were slaves for 400 years out of all of that time period. Some people say they were only slaves for 200 years. Some people say differently. We don't actually know how long the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians, but uh, we do know that they lived in that land for 430 years. And on the day <laughs> that um, was the end of the 430th year, God brings the people out of Egypt. It was time for them to go. It was time for them to go back home. So God had predicted this to Abraham many, many years in the past, like 500 years beforehand. He had predicted this to, to Abraham, maybe longer, maybe like 600 years, actually. And he, he was telling Abraham all of this. He was saying, you know, your, your descendants are going to be slaves to a nation of people who mistreat them. But at the end of that time period, I am going to basically um, uh, punish that land for their mistreatment of the children of Israel. And I'm going to bring them out and I'm going to give them a huge rescue. So God knew all of this was going to happen all the way from the time of Abraham. And now he's he was setting the stage and now he has completed his mission. Basically, God is done with everything that he was going to do. Uh, he brought all of his wonders and plagues on the nation of Egypt to show them his power and to have those people as well turn to him because God is extremely merciful. And now he's bringing the Israelites out of the land. They were ordered to go. Pharaoh was like, get out of here. I don't want to see your guys' faces anymore, basically. And so now they're being brought out of the land of Egypt. And so it says that uh, this night was actually selected by the Lord to bring his people out of the land of Egypt. And that same night was also selected as the date of the annual, annual celebration of God's deliverance. In other words, the Passover. God selected uh, that day to be celebrated every single year as the Passover celebration, the most important Jewish holiday to this day. And so it says that uh, basically God gives Moses and Aaron all of these rules about how the Passover is supposed to be celebrated. And so he says to them, he's like, these are the rules concerning the observance of the Passover. Uh, no foreigners should eat the lamb. And so God says right away. This is meant for you guys. This is meant for my people, not people who just want to willy-nilly uh, celebrate the Passover. This is meant for my people. And he says, any slave that lives in the household, as long as that person is circumcised, can and should eat the Passover celebration. Now, one thing I want to mention is the slavery thing. So many people in the Bible look at these passages and these verses and are like, oh, God condoned slavery. Well, no, God condoned a certain form of slavery, which was completely different than what the people of uh, the Israelite people were coming out of. God never condoned man stealing. 
in other words, forced labor or stealing people away from their homes to become a slave. That was not the form of slavery that God intended and liked. He hated that, actually. When slavery was actually considered to be okay was when that person was purchased because that person had a debt. And so a person who was a landlord could hire a servant in order to help them pay back their debt. It wasn't forced labor. This was something that was actually helping these so-called slaves. The word slaves back then is actually a very different term back then than what we understand it to be. And so slavery was not the same thing in the Bible as what we believe slavery is nowadays. This was more of a work hire situation where the person could pay back their debts through service. So people look at this word, slavery, and they're like, oh, slavery. No, no, no. It wasn't God uh, condoning the act of slavery or man-stealing. That was never God's intention. God did not like that. And he mentions he does not like that. And he puts that in the law as well. So we will talk more about slavery later on in the law and the correct way that um, slaves were allowed to be basically purchased in a sense. How this was actually a way to help those servants or those slaves and help them pay back their debt. And after a certain period of time, after their debt was paid, they were allowed to leave and was actually supposed to leave. They were, uh, God had commanded these, um, the masters basically to release that slave. So there was a correct way to have servants and there was an incorrect way. And I just want to mention that real quick. We will talk way more in depth about that later, but that's just an overview of the concept of biblical slavery. So anyway, it says here that uh, God says that any servants or slaves that you have in your household are allowed to eat the um, Passover as long as they've been circumcised. And so it says that also a hired servant or a visiting foreigner may not eat of it. So in other words, if you have a foreigner in your land and he's just passing through or a hired servant from a different land, they are not supposed to eat that Passover if they are um, uncircumcised. But if you jump down to verse 48, God mentions foreigners, and he says that if there are foreigners that live with you and they want to observe the Passover, let all the males be circumcised, and then they can come and celebrate it with you. But if they are basically uncircumcised, don't let them celebrate the Passover lamb. God is making a distinction between circumcised people and uncircumcised people. This was the covenant. This was the covenant that he had expressed with Abraham at the very beginning. He had mentioned to Abraham that circumcision was an important thing. This was how God's people were going to be set apart from the different uh, peoples of the world, basically, was through that act of circumcision. That was the first covenant. As odd as that sounds, that was the first covenant or basically the promise to God's people that, you know, if God's people observed this, that they would be God's people. And later on, that got uh, changed when Jesus came. And basically, Paul mentions actually that uh, circumcision is no longer necessary because we've all been covered under uh, Jesus, basically. And the act of circumcision was no longer supposed to be necessary because that was the old covenant. The new covenant is Jesus. But anyway, the people right now are in the old covenant. So the old covenant included the circumcision. So God is still saying, you know, circumcision is important. This is how you're going to be different from the people of the world. This is how you're going to be set apart as, as my people. And I did want to mention, I think I mentioned this before, 
on a podcast episode a way, way long time ago when we talked about Abraham performing the first circumcision when God made that promise with Abraham, was that circumcision is actually healthy for the man because a certain type of cancer actually happens to men who are uncircumcised. And not in every case, but this is um, there's a cancer that is only uh, with uncircumcised men and stuff like that, but the circumcised men don't get this particular kind of cancer. So doctors even to this day still say that circumcision is healthy, though it is not uh, biblically necessary anymore. I just want to throw that out there. But God is protecting his people in that way as well by giving them another health regulation that they were not going to get this specific type of cancer because the people back then, they didn't understand health rules the way we understand them nowadays. They didn't have the same kind of hygiene or cleanliness or anything like that. So God is laying down these ground rules that um, people should be healthy. And he already had mentioned that before when he told them how to cook the uh, Passover lamb, when we talked about that a few episodes ago, when God says, don't eat it raw. (laughs) You know, people probably did do that. They probably ate meat raw and that was unhealthy. We know that nowadays that that is extremely unhealthy to eat any kind of meat raw that is extremely unhealthy. You can get so many different sicknesses from that, and I uh, never should do that. So God is mentioning to the people, he's, he's giving some more health regulations, and uh, God, obviously, he's a scientist, and he is a doctor, and he's all sorts of different things, and he knows what is the healthiest way for people to live. And that was him laying down these ground rules. And actually, one of the things I like to say is that the law can be broken down into three specific um, things. is basically uh, love God, love people and be healthy. That is the three things that the law really states. There, There's health regulations in there. But of course, the most important thing was love God. And then the second most important thing was love others, because you can't properly love others without loving God first. So those were the most, those were the two most important things. But then the other thing is how to take care of yourself and to be as healthy as you possibly can. So I like to say that that is how the law can really be broken down and looked at, which with each individual law that God makes. But of course, we are not in the law yet. That is going to be in the next book of the Bible, which is Leviticus. But anyway, God is laying down some ground rules here about observance of the Passover. So he says that uh, the same law is going to apply to those born in Israel and to people born in different nations, the foreigners that live among the people. Because we do know that a mixed crowd of people went up with the Israelites. So a whole bunch of foreigners came with them, uh, decided to follow God, and decided to leave Egypt with the Israelite people. So we see that there were already plenty of foreigners living among them. So God is saying, look, you guys have a lot of foreigners that are coming with you and it's fine if they eat the Passover as long as they observe the circumcision rule. So allow them to eat it. Don't treat them any differently. Uh, Bring them into your community and let them eat the Passover dinner. So then God kind of mentions here in verse 46 about the Passover lamb itself. And he says, don't break any of the Passover lamb's bones. Now this is a picture. Not only is it kind of cruel to break animals bones for whatever reason he's saying don't do that but this is also a picture of jesus because we know that when jesus was on the cross uh, not one bone in his body was actually broken and he is he is considered to be the passover lamb the ultimate passover lamb so not only is it symbolism um it's also a humane way to treat the animal is to not break any of its bones basically so then right after this in verse 47 uh, god mentions that the congregation of israel um will observe this memorial at the same time so the entire nation of 
Israel is supposed to observe this Passover celebration on the same day at the same time. And this would have been an act of faith because God does mention having days off during the Passover celebration. So if the entire nation of Israel is taking a day off at the same time, just imagine if um, wherever you live, uh, imagine, I'll just mention America, if every single person in America took a day off at the same time, that would be really, really stressful, right? Like that would be kind of scary because what happens if something happens and, you know, you know, so this was an act of faith as well to allow God to handle every single situation and to not fear of taking a day off. And so there's just a lot to it, but I'm not going to really go there right now. But basically to conclude in verses 50 and 51, um, it says that the people of Israel followed Jehovah's instructions to Moses and Aaron. So they did it the way God had said. They they celebrated that first Passover the way God had said. And it says that the very that very day the Lord brought all the people out of Israel from the land of Egypt, um, wave after wave of them crossing the border. So there was tons and tons of people. It says that there were six hundred thousand men of the Israelites alone, not to mention the foreigners, and not to mention the children and the women as well. So this was a lot of men that were crossing the border, a lot of people crossing the border. And uh, uh, historians want to say that uh, approximately 2 million Israeli people left Egypt. So that was a lot of people back then. I mean, 2 million people, that's a ton of people, especially in, in ancient days and stuff like that when there weren't so many people on the planet yet. So that's a ton of people. That's a huge nation of people leaving Egypt and going into their own nation. So friends, this was the end of Exodus chapter 12, and I hope you enjoyed this chapter. I thought it was a kind of an interesting chapter, though very in-depth, because we did talk a lot about the Passover, and oh my gosh, there's just so many layers to the Passover, and I mean, we could probably spend hours and hours just discussing the Passover alone. So, But thank you for joining in and hanging out with me and discussing this with me, and maybe learning something a little bit new, because actually there was a lot of new stuff that I learned as well, just uh, reading through this and doing some history lessons and, and uh, reading it and just doing different um, studies on this particular chapter of the Bible. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning, and uh, make sure to go to www.p40ministries.com and to take a look at everything on the website. I don't often mention the website, so I'm, I think I'm going to do that a little bit more often, is uh, mention p40ministries.com because there's a lot of great resources on there. I, I do a blog. I have uh, my books available on P40 Ministries. I also have a shop on there, which I, I might be... Um, changing up in the next couple uh, months or so. We'll see what happens with that. But I have a lot of stuff on p40ministries.com. So please take a look at it. You can also go there to contact me if you have any questions whatsoever. But friends and faithful listeners, happy listening and God bless. <music>